What's happening, everybody? I am Clay with Blockwise. Welcome to The Daily Show. Again, we always have so much to talk about. Bitcoin is back above 30K. My boy Sailor's above water. Chat GPT and crypto trading. We've got some interesting things to look at. Might be pretty useful. Uh, Tether has blacklisted validator addresses. That's frightening. Uh, and Phantom is pushing further decentralization. That's a good thing. Let's get into it. So much to talk about. Let's get the show going. Mikey? Hello, Clay. What is up, my friend? How you doing? I'm all right, dude. Well, I mean, I've been better, but I'm okay. I'm surviving. Yeah, surviving, not thriving. Yeah, man. Uh, the, the people in the chat have reminded me of my suffering, my eternal suffering, what, my what, eternal crypto suffering. What is, what is uh what is that? This is my satin, dude. It's fucked up, man. I'm <laughs> yeah. dumped on. Yeah, yeah. Um. I, I haven't seen the comments because I was not looking at them yet, but uh, happy to address that because we might as well. We had obviously we had sat on for a uh, for an AMA, and we talked about it being a potential opportunity, and uh, that opportunity certainly went awry. Um, and so, a couple things. One, uh, I too am suffering. I'm, I'm down five figures on on the satin thing, so I, I feel you on. Uh, on the plight uh i don't know how you are corval but obviously things did not go well from the start and uh you know certainly take ownership for talking about something that seemed like it was going to be good and it certainly wasn't there's a number of reasons for that uh, i actually spoke to the team yesterday and there's going to be a big announcement tomorrow uh around their go forward plan and it's actually from from the details of which i picked up uh quite positive and people are, st are stepping in to rectify the situation in a way that hopefully is going to help um, you know, everyone who was involved. And so that's pretty much all the info I can give. Uh, I would expect uh, tomorrow there to be a, a much more robust update as to what that means. And I think we should talk about it on tomorrow's show as that update comes out because I cannot um, you know, provide the update before they've clarified everything and, and made it public yeah i gotcha i think that'd be a good old call i uh my my two cents is that i fucking hate it <laughs> yeah you know it doesn't feel good um but i mean i wouldn't i would be lying if i said this is the first time i got burdened in crypto it's like just one of the risks for being involved i suppose yeah but yeah and and based on what i heard i'm i'm you know i, I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to set another expectation that that does not come true, but um, but there are steps being put in place to to rectify the situation and to um, put the right people in place to make sure that moving forward, the uh, both the protocols that are involved and and hopefully the people that are involved are, um, you know, like positive things happen. And so that is what I would expect from an update from them. Uh, again, have to take ownership of it. Because we did talk about it, and I think mm -hmm. that is only fair to be called out for it. Uh, and um, and and Ryan, yes, that that is correct. Uh, and so, yeah, so you know, all the way around, it sucks. Of all the uh, solidly forks that launched, obviously, that was the uh, you know the one that 
that you know bit the bullet and and things mm -hmm. were not done well and and i think it was particularly a developer problem among other things so again i'm going to let them come out and say uh, what the plan is and what happened. And then I think tomorrow we can address it uh, as that information becomes public. So any That's other right. questions on it, put them in the chat. Happy to uh, happy to provide my feedback. Um, and and I take ownership of uh, of having them on the channel. Um, and, you know, the, at the time, things seemed very uh, above board. And and I still think that the team is above board and is out to do the right thing. Uh, the developing side of things was an absolute mess. And so um, let's see where this goes and uh, and we'll provide more updates as we have them. Uh, and I think that'll be tomorrow. That's right. We're gonna continue to cover things as we usually do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So again, if there's other questions about it, throw them in chat. I'll, if I can answer it, I will. Um, and if not, then we're gonna have to wait until the, the larger, uh, release yeah. of, of additional information tomorrow, but that is what I expect. Um, and so, you know, if, if you have anything else, let me know, troll yeah. me, hit me on Twitter. We, we do have good news though today though. So we can, we can, we can bring some positive vibes to people today. Clay, show me about what happened, how you were right yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so we, we can certainly get into that. Like there, there's, there's, there's a lot to, uh, there's a lot to go through, um, you know, Bitcoin is above 30K and we've talked about this for weeks that that was the mark that we were trying to hit and we've hovered at 28 um, and 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 actually be, it began to make me nervous. Like the rejections off of 28.5, um, you know, if you hit more than four rejections, you generally are, are moving to the downside. We were we were damn there. Uh, and so it's really good to see the strength coming in for Bitcoin uh, breaking through to the 30K level. Um, and before we get there, I want to just I want to jump into a couple of different things. And FYI, uh, I called Spectrum yesterday. They were coming out to pre to to put my Wi-Fi in here. Five o'clock appointment. Uh, I get a call at seven thirty p.m. The tech like cannot show up, and so they'll be here on Wednesday. So you know, prayers up that my Wi-Fi stays online. Uh, but what I figured out is I can unplug the router right out there uh, and replug it back in, and it seems to come back immediately. So anyway, enough of that. Um, we're going to get it fixed. Uh, Unstable Clay is back, and we got a lot to talk about. So uh, events of this week, there's a lot of stuff going on that we need to be following. And so let's zoom in a bit and oh take a look God. at what some of them are. Uh, tomorrow, there will be a Consumer Price Index FOMC minutes meeting. That does not mean the uh, clarification. That doesn't mean that, that Powell gets up on stage and does his song and dance. It means that they release their minutes as to how they're thinking. Um, and that's going to be a, you know, an indication as to what comes next. Um, but it's something to absolutely watch and, and something I'm sure we can talk about if we read the minutes. Corval, read the minutes. Um, okay. <laughs> yes, boss. <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to say, I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, maybe this is too early to bring it up, but uh, there is like the kind of tendency. I've seen this before uh, previously when we focus on the FOMC that the market's in a pump right before and then there's usually like a sell off right after. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. We'll get yeah. like. I mean, tra 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 trade the FOMC minutes at your own peril is basically what it comes <laughs> down to, in my opinion. Um, I, I, I don't know, man. I, I am not a, I'm, I am not a, uh, a buy the new or a, a sell the news. Sell the yeah, yeah. Buy the rumor, sell the news event trader. It's just not my style. Um, if that's what works for you, then great. But that is not kind of how I get down. So it's totally up to you. <laughs> Thursday, producer price index, uh, unemployment claims. 
uh, um, expected core PPI uh, on Thursday as well. Retail sales on Friday and uh, core retail sales month over month uh, also on Friday. So so a lot of things coming um, and it's going to be indicative. Look, the bottom line is all this shit can come out. I, I, I think that we all know what's going to happen in May. I think that there's a 25 basis point hike coming. Uh, the boogeyman inflation is still there. So we don't need to harp on this too much, but I do want to make you aware of just things to to look for and, and watch. Uh, and so, you know, if there's anything, you know, if there's anything like groundbreaking in these numbers, then we will we will report back tomorrow uh, as to as to sort of where that is uh, and what that means. And so that's big events to watch. Uh, we talked yesterday about um, exiting the the bear market and entering recession. Uh, and the fact that markets are lagging indicators. And I just wanted to reiterate that super quick. Uh, and so yesterday I talked about the, the ISM manufacturing index. So the ISM manufacturing index, also known as, as purchasing managers index, PMI, is a monthly indicator of U.S. economic activity based on surveys of purchasing managers of more than 300 manufacturing firms, uh, considered to be a key indicator uh, of the state of the U.S. economy. We then showed this chart. It's basically said uh, every time that we've fallen um, below into a 45 to 46 range, it's pretty much indicated that recession is upon us uh, You know, over the past 70 years, which is quite a long, um, that's, a, that's a long period of history. That's not exactly like a, you know, analyzing a market that's, that's nine or 10 years old. Um, and so, you know, I, I say that to, you know, to, to, you know, actually before I, before I continue, uh, another indicator to me that that so like my point of this is there's bear market which is max pain and then there's recession which is also max pain but uh, but but markets are forward looking and so once you sort of enter the recessionary period you can be hopeful that we are entering a new cycle uh, of it you know it might take six or seven months but we exit a recession and we we get back to bullish sentiment um, and so looking at the uh, the net percentage of domestic banks tightening standards for commercial industrial loans. So basically banks tightening up to say, if we're going to give you a loan, it's going to be completely different than what you may have seen uh, in previous years when we were in bull market economies. If you look back at 2008, uh, we were up at 64.4% of banks tightening. Uh, this is an outlier because of the um, because of uh, COVID. Uh, 2001, certainly a recession up at 487 and right now we are at 56.5. So my, my point is that like all the, all this economic data, it, it lags the market. And, and to me, whether we've seen GDP declines of two consecutive quarters or not, I would argue that we, we've gone into the bear cycle and we are in a recession, whether the, the government wants to change the definition or not. Um, and, and so to me, the bright side of that is on the other side of that means generally better things. Like if you look at the recovery from 2008 forward, um, we entered a, you know, a, a very, you know, a, a very good period of, of economic prosperity, not to say that that's going to happen quickly. It still took, uh, you know, over a year, um, but we, we made our way back. And so that is the sort of thing that, that gives me hope. We are headed uh, in the right direction with the markets holistically. And so uh, what I want to say, like how I want to cap this off is typically during the early part of the recession, 
the stock market has negative returns, right? Like it's not, that's not a, a you know, it's probably not groundbreaking to anybody, but negative sentiment around like poor or lackluster corporate earnings drives that. You know, if you watched across the chains last Friday, we talked about Samsung having the worst corporate earnings they've had since like 1999. They're, they are getting absolutely decimated. Um, that's, that is sign of recession. That is sign of, of, of lagging indicators of what exactly what we're talking about. But where this goes is the stock market often recovers before the recession is over. Um, and that is something that I, that, that's why I bring this up. That's why I highlight this is that, you know, we've talked about the bear market getting absolutely crushed, the Fed funds rate probably going up a little bit more and then potentially ending a period of quantitative easing. Um, and, and the, the data that would suggest that, you know, what we're talking about is, is potentially correct. So smart money flow index. So the SMFI, uh, signal the back, the back half of March rally with a noted divergence from the price arrow below. Uh, SFMI seems to be moving higher once again as prices have been flat. Strong signal for March rally. Will it approve? Will it prove again so in April? Um, and so again, I'm just going to uh, reiterate, you know, the, the statement that I said before: the stock market will often recover before a recession is over. Um, and so over the last you know, week, we saw a late rally in the S&P on Monday and, and it closed uh, a positive close on Monday. Futures are up slightly again on Tuesday, which is was it yesterday or today. What day? What day is it? Uh, is it today's Tuesday. Yeah, OK. Today's Tuesday. Futures are up today, especially in the European and Japanese markets. Uh, we talked about the jobs report yesterday and I busted it apart, saying that I think the data is fictitious based on you know what we saw in covid. Um, and you know, regardless of how you feel on that, it has obviously stifled the expectations of one last Federal Reserve rate hike, which I think we know is coming. Um, Wednesday's inflation reading um, should you know probably encourage those rate hikes potentially. But headline consumer price inflation is at 5.2 percent, down from six, and like we're showing a disinflationary journey here from our 40-year highs of 9.2 percent. And so I will say it one final time. Uh, you know, this is, you know, typically during the early part of recession, the stock market has negative returns. It is all about uh, poor lackluster corporate earnings, which we are seeing in, in droves. People are getting fired, but the stock market usually recovers before the recession is over. Uh, and so I go back to the smart money inflows uh, and that is a net positive for me. And so I will leave it there. Uh, I just wanted to point out um, some of the things that we're seeing from from a macro perspective and, and a cash flow perspective uh, as it relates to bear market versus recession, and then that these are generally lagging indicators, uh, and, we, and and markets are forward looking, and so that is important. Stop there. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Could you go back like one or two tabs? Sure. Uh, oh, did you lag out? Oh no. Okay. Uh, I was just going to say, like, if you look at the chart with uh, the bank loans, mm -hmm. it's like complete whiplash. There's not a there's never been a steep of a decline and then uptick like that. It's like too. Well, it's like a huge valley, bro. Well, that's causing whiplash in the, the economy. The, well, really, the Fed funds rate was set to zero. Mm -hmm. uh, there was mass money printing and people could go, you know, people could go yellow cash at zero percent interest and, and like think about think about how many homes were purchased straight with cash in 2021 and 2022 like like why are home prices here where i live in tampa uh the highest that they've ever been um you know where you can go buy 
a shit box down the street for $500,000. Like it's absolutely out of whack, but it's because the fact that like, um, you know, the, 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 the commercial lending, the interest rates on commercial lending and residential lending were 2%. So even if you had, you know, semi decently decent credit, you were getting a, a two and a half, three percent mortgage. If you had bad credit, it was four percent. Like it, that's obviously not the case anymore. So uh, the tightening is a reflection of um, you know of of recessionary periods. What's interesting about this chart is if you look at the rest of them, none of them have have peaked and flattened. Like look at this. That's that's a drop. That's a drop. That's a drop. This is a peak and a flatten. So uh, if we want to talk about turning a corner. That's an that's an interesting little piece of the chart that is uh, that's not seen uh, in in previous cycles, and and again I I don't think that we like I don't think what we've witnessed here with inflation rise and I don't, how far back does this chart go ninety two we go further back it doesn't let me uh, I I wish it would go back to the eighties because I'd like to see what it did then um, mm -hmm. when we were at you know peak high inflations but. My point is, compared to other recessionary periods, I, we've not seen a flattening like that. A flattening of the curve could potentially be indicative of, uh, you know, of recession flattening and entering to a new type of cycle. Uh, and that is where, you know, I, 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 that's where I'd like to see us headed. Let's see what the uh, the CPI and FOMC minutes say tomorrow. Um, but I don't want to take too much time. We're already, you know, into too much time. So, right. uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna move it along. Um, uh, this is one that I loved. So, so what's the problem? Uh, gold, August 6, 2020 price, $2,067. Highest inflation rate in 40 years, war in Ukraine, bank failures, bear market and stocks, bonds, all of this. And gold is flat for two years and eight months that they sold to you. Uh, that is, I love that. Like, cause I just, I love the, the, the Peter Scheele, like buy gold, buy gold, buy gold. Uh, but it never actually like, like, yeah, it's a it's it's a great way to preserve your capital in bad markets, but uh, it ain't this um, yet. Big, you know, so collapse FTX, collapse regional banks, two trillion bear market, largest in history, over 300, 300 lawsuits and re, uh, regulation cases, multiple crypto lenders bankrupt, and Bitcoin is up eighty percent year to date. So it ain't that. So I'm not saying that gold is. I'm not talking shit about gold. It is a great store of value, particularly as a hedge against inflation, but it ain't doing this. And so we got to celebrate that Bitcoin uh, has broken through 28.5 and has hit 30. It is a positive indicator uh, for the market. And, um, you know, I, I don't know what else to say, but like this, you know, if you, if you, if you were looking for an indicator that, 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 you know, the halving is 362 days away and we are at the start of the next bull cycle, like, Come at me. What do you say, Corval? Um, whether we're at the start of a new bull market because we hit 30. Like I was teasing earlier, I don't know. People tend to pump stuff before the FOMC, um, like equities, anything really, um, and, and sell it <laughs> like right after. So I'm eager to see what will happen. Uh, if we can hold 30, I'd be pretty stoked. I'd be like, okay. Clay's maybe onto something here. I, I I saw a great meme. It was like, uh, not to be offensive, but it was it was an overweight uh, individual sitting on the shoulders of uh, of like a fairly skinny man, uh, and it said uh, it said um, Bitcoin. Um, what is it? It said uh, uh, Bitcoin support at twenty nine five. And yeah. like, and it, like he was like suffering, like trying to, uh, it, like it was hilarious. I wish I would have kept it, but, uh, 
Cygnus, let's 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 reference this this comment. So gold has outperformed the S and P since 1986 by 40% without volatility risk. Uh, yeah, you're right. But how much more has the S and P outperformed gold in time in bull market periods in terms of actual uh, capital upside? In terms of actual increases, if you were to not round trip the S and P, how much more money have you taken off the table from from increases in the S and P over a ten year? Like like a what time span are you talking about? Like 1986 to what? And B, uh, you know what potential gains are you talking about in terms of like orders of magnitude? So I and I I do not disagree with you on this. Uh, platinum is a better hedge against inflation, uh, and gold is a great hedge against inflation too, but. But this comment, I think, has to be put into context uh, from a time frame perspective and a returns perspective, as opposed to just a flat overall. Let's compare the two, because um, you could say the same thing about about Bitcoin, by the way, because it's far more volatile. So, mm. uh, I kind of like the idea of purchasing precious metals. It's Lindy, bro. It's Lindy. It is Lindy. I think uh, it's a good idea to have some allocation to to gold and platinum. That'd be kind of sick. Silvers, you know. I mean, look, like there's a reason that's not that, a shiny, bro. There's a reason that China and India have, have like increased their silver and and gold um, um, uh, on hand by orders of magnitude over the last like six to eight months. Um, and and the reason is is well, either they plan on doing something with it to back a currency. I don't know what their plans are for their their digital currency or any of that, or B, they're going with what uh, Sagan said, which is it's a great hedge against inflation, and both are true. Uh, so, Corval, beginning of the show, you said, what did you say? You said, I want to see what we talked about yesterday that, that ended up being true. Mm -hmm. um, so this is this is what it was. We said 48.5 was a key level, uh, really like 48, a little bit lower. Uh, 48.06 was a key level of Bitcoin dominance. Uh, and we reference this on the show. Watch the Bitcoin dominance chart. Do we break through that key level of resistance that we had seen in 2022, in 2021, uh, and, and basically dating back? Uh, and it hadn't been broken in any of these sort of like previous bull runs until now. Now, it did break here and retraced, and it got to 48.81, and right now we're at 48.63, and it had a retracement. But it's interesting to see because I said keep an eye on Bitcoin dominance. If Bitcoin dominance continues to run, if it was to reach uh, levels of 50, then we're going to see alts bleed against Bitcoin. And so that's why I mentioned ro rotating more into Bitcoin as a strategy, as a percentage of portfolio to, to ride the upside and then ride the profits into altcoins as Bitcoin loses dominance. So as soon as we got off the show yesterday, Bitcoin dominance broke 48. Uh, and, and now we are seeing, we will see how high it goes. Uh, and that is something that, as I said, Grab these charts, save them, keep an eye on them, check them in the morning because it can give you trade indicators as to what you might want to do with your altcoins. Uh, and then so with all that said, looking at the crypto market in general, Bitcoin dominance through the roof and everything seems to be doing pretty damn well. Uh, and so um, I'm not necessarily saying that like, what, look, when, when the market cap of Bitcoin moves up, uh, everything else generally goes up with it. But I'm talking about a true altcoin rally, a, a massive pump, a rejection off of 48, where we see a dump uh, down into the levels of 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 you know of 40. When we see those kind of dumps, that's when you see alts absolutely rip. So it really depends on what your trading strategy is, what your objective is. But just know that you can use this as an indicator to say, 
when is a good time to buy alts? Well, if, if Bitcoin comes back, you know, let's see if it makes it up to uh, to 50 or so. But as it starts to get rejected off those levels and come back down, then you know that getting into alts could be uh, a valuable time because that generally signals uh, the start of an altcoin season. So um, that was something that we went into yesterday. Uh, you know, for for I, by by happenstance or chance, it happened to come true. Uh, and so you know, so I think we'll see what happens from here. Um, but definitely something to keep an eye on. And as I said, something that I, I check every morning. Uh, and uh, yeah, and so we'll, so we'll close that segment out. And uh, and I guess it was sort of two segments. We'll close it out there. Uh, and let's congratulate uh, Mr. Saylor, the man who who was buying the tops is now no longer underwater in his Bitcoin position. And uh, and well, that's our signal, guys. All right, um, everyone should be fearful. Uh, but you know, you got to you got to give it to the guy for conviction. Uh, of holding one in every 150 Bitcoin, he's now back above water, and we talked about this on across the chains. What's your take? Um, yeah, I'm a little concerned, but he seems to, he's probably just going to buy more. <laughs> he's probably just going to buy more at the local top, uh, if history is any indication of his behavior. Well, uh, I'm not too crazy about him owning one out of one of every 150 Bitcoin, but right. I have seen some counter arguments that are a bit convincing. But it does seem a little centralized. And the, but people have also kind of been begging for that kind of eventuality when they're begging for uh, bigger, uh, what do you call it, like existing finance to come in, big market players to come in. That's what's going to happen. They're just going to dominate. You're going to see yep. like what best case scenario, BlackRock owns what every 10th <laughs> Bitcoin. So so the one thing that I, all right, a couple of things that I like about this, uh, Sailor makes the news. And mm -hmm. and when we see like in, in times of euphoria, you see Bitcoin talked about on every major news channel and they start tracking price. They track they track price of Ethereum, they track price of Bitcoin and then retail gets interested again. And right now we've got a lot of scared retail who you know would never re-enter the market as people were saying there during like the, the times of complete fear, recession or whatever the, the stages the Bitcoin market are. Uh, whatever the bottom you know, sections are, I don't figure what they're called. Like, but um, as as like Sailor gets above water, like this becomes national news, and that is a positive for the crypto space as a whole, in my opinion. Like to get uh, Bitcoin talked about on the news uh, means that that you know it means that our friends start texting texting us again, and instead of uh, my grandmother saying, "Are you okay?" Um, it's you know it's my parents saying, "Hey, uh, what's this whole Coinbase thing?" And like, how do I get in? Um, and so this is the kind of stuff I think that that leads to catalysts to things like that. Um, I have no opinion on the him owning one in every 150 Bitcoin because I don't know what his exit strategy is. Um, and, and it's hard for me to draw a conclusion without understanding what is the micro strategies exit strategy. Um, we saw Elon buy Bitcoin um, during the, 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 the bear market and he sold it and actually had a negative impact on Bitcoin price. Could that happen here? Of course. Uh, but the guy just broke even. So I don't think that really is a concern as of this moment. Um, and so, you know, good on Sailor. Uh, Nick Nick brought up an interesting point on Across the Chains. Uh, could this could this guy end up being the richest man in the world? Like if 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 he continues to go down this road and Bitcoin does what people are thinking to do, 250K, 500K, a million dollars. And we're talking, you know, 10, you know, 10 years from now, not, not tomorrow. Uh, you know, could he end up being the richest person in the world? And then I think it's an interesting discussion to have. Uh, he owns 35% of MicroStrategy, so MicroStrategy stock was to absolutely balloon because of their their Bitcoin uh, ownership. 
it's it's a feasible uh scenario which could play out interesting interesting idea the guy the richest guy in the world could be a guy who uh owns a lot of bitcoin as opposed to the guy who owns like the entire telecommunication network of mexico or all of the oil in russia or whatever um if you think about what he's done do would this make him would this make him the uh the decentralized uh sound technical money Warren Buffett like if that if that was to play out in 20 years would he be revered as as the Warren Buffett of what the new age of digital assets is I could see that I could see that then if if it plays out and he's that vindicated I could see people being like oh he's like the oracle of of bitcoin (laughs) it'd be pretty funny though it would be a pretty funny turn of events I'll be honest yeah you see so many people like because sailor is so goofy compared to to Buffett. Buffett's so much more reserved. He has like one-liners every now and then. Right. But yeah, yeah, I mean, he's out there just posting ridiculous I mean, shit. Compared compared to like the uh the tr- uh, the trading expertise of Warren Buffett and and, and you know and 70 years of, of market expertise, uh I don't think they're in the same camp. Profit loser, what's what's the issue, bro? Time to hang up the account forever. Bye guys. What's what are you, what are you talking about, man? Uh we, we don't we don't want you to go anywhere. Um <laughs> So, so yeah, man, I think we're good to, to jump into some other stuff, uh, some pretty interesting things going on in the market, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Sailor too much of a clown, even if he makes the top. Listen, guys, I don't disagree with you. Like, like Sailor is a clown, but if 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 that scenario was to play out, where where his his large bet came, you know, turned out to be true because of the de- de- debasement of global fiat currencies, then. The person that you know it eventually became potentially like one of the richest people in the world because he got into digital assets is a positive for all of us. Like that narrative is is a great thing for crypto. Uh, and so, like him or hate him, like let's hope that that actually turns out to be the case because I think it's good. Sailor going to zero. All right, I'm I, mean, I get I get what um, they're saying. It would be yeah, you're, it'd be good optics if it's like wow, this guy is the richest guy ever because of crypto. But it'd also be like, what is he like, my fucking Bitcoin emperor now? Yeah, what, you can just control the market. I, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm just. My only point was that, um, you know, I'll, most people have called him um, absolutely bonkers and out of his mind, and and it oh. may not turn out to be the case. And if it doesn't, then I think that uh, Bitcoin, uh, as a narrative, will have played out in a way that that the naysayers can 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 pack sand and shove it up their, you know what. And so yeah. let's 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 see how that goes. So uh, st- stay humble, boys. I mean, I, I think we're exceptionally humble. Try to be. Um, so let's uh, let's jump into uh, A16Z, sir. They put out a report. Yeah, uh, they put out a report. I've got a bunch of stuff highlighted, but I think you dug into this thing a little more than I did. I I I, I, I color coded things that were good, things that were bad, and things that were neutral. What, but what uh, add on is that that you're using that does that? Uh, I love to do this. Yeah, it's called. Uh, on, honestly, I don't want to click it because I don't know what it's going to do to my screen. So I'll okay, tell don't you. worry about. It. You can yeah, tell yeah. me after. Yep. <laughs> this um, is secret Blockbyte secret tool. Guys, if you're, if you're if you're watching this, like the video. You're probably already subscribed, so I don't need to tell you to do that. But if you're not, subscribe to the channel uh, and go retweet today's show uh, on our on our Twitter. Uh, let people know this is going on. We appreciate it. Got to say it every episode. The race to 100 live viewers, that's what we're on. 
uh, and thank you for tuning in. So let's uh, let's hear your breakdown, bro. What did A16Z have to say? Okay, yeah. You want me to intro this bad boy? Look, let me pop up what uh, what they're talking about here. So basically, let me zoom in too, so you guys can see a little bit better. A16Z made this state of the crypt state of crypto index, and they've taken a bunch of variables, they've weighted them, and they can kind of give you like what they think is a nice holistic view of the health of the market. Um, so to break down what these variables are, let's see. They break it down between innovation indicators and adoption indicators, right? And that's like supply side versus demand side. So supply side includes things like active developers, actively working developers, contract deployers, verified smart contracts, developer library downloads, academic publications, and job search interest. So they've taken all these numbers on a per month basis and essentially put it in to this chart, right? Um, they've also got the adoption indicators. So this kind of is supposed to balance out like, is everyone building and no one's picking up? Or are there a lot of people and nothing's changing? Um, so they count active addresses, which is like obviously important. Um, transactions, transaction fees paid, mobile wallet users, DEX volume, NFT buyers, and stable coin volume. Throwing a lot at you here, but basically what that is is just a bunch of different metrics, right? To gauge the health of the market. How much how many stable coins are being transferred? The DEX volume, obviously very important. And um, mobile wallet users, right? Now, what's interesting is when you go into the report, most of these indicators are pretty positive or at least stable, uh, much more stable than you'd expect for like a bear market. So active addresses is still kind of like pretty steady. Stable coin volume, fluctuating but still kind of trending upward um dex volume not looking too hot though that's i'll talk about the two that are not doing too hot is dex volume and mobile wallet users these are kind of suffering at the moment now what does that say for DeFi season probably not a lot of good things the mobile wallet users i know most guys don't like stable or like mobile wallets right I, like who like who in the like honestly who in the right mind like uses a mobile wallet like i like i'll I, tell you who uses a mobile wallet who most people not in the western world who don't own a pc dude uh <laughs> so Fair. like yeah like like most of the people in china right are using most doing most of their finance off their phone same with like africa great point the great whole point. continent of africa nigeria especially all right so a few people a few people. Well, I mean, yeah, a few people. <laughs> yeah, a couple billion, not that many. <laughs> uh, and, and Chewy. Yeah, and Chewy. I used it for a little bit until Meta, dude, MetaMask on mobile, not oh, good, dude. Oh, it kept bugging out. Like, I was worried that my account was hacked, but it just was MetaMask just was not loading at all. It was pretty yeah, uh, frustrating. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't mess with, like, honestly, like, even the connection between MetaMask and my iPhone, like, I don't trust. That my iPhone couldn't get hacked by somebody and like it's just not to me to me it's just not not worth it like I I travel with my computer I travel the ledger it's it's around my neck uh, no I'm just <laughs> kidding it's not but like but yeah so so to me that's uh like all right so dude let's let's break this down into into, yeah. into problem solution man so problem is uh, cryptos look like shit. Uh, and everybody thinks that the market is dead outside of the folks that maybe tune in this show and those that live on crypto Twitter and 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 some of the other things that go on. Um, I'm going to repull the art and like, do you, is there more analysis in this thing you wanted to go through? Cause I want to just highlight, I mean, like, we highlights. could talk through one, some of these variables and how they're looking, 
that was kind of the, the problem I'm kind of thinking is we do have two problem variables here that we could talk about. We could talk about mobile wallets, like how important we think it is. I think I've kind of made my my point clear. You seem to be kind of not again, like kind of not feeling them uh, and the DEX volume being low. But yeah, I mean, let's pull up the article, dude. Let's see what you got highlighted. I mean, Dex, Dex volume is an Dex volume is an indicator of of stablecoins returning to the market, and so uh, like stablecoin inflows end up in in either centralized exchanges or dexes, and so obviously to, to re-enter positions, that's when I would expect Dex volumes to pick back up, right? Um, so all right, A sixteen blockchain addresses verified. Oh, wait, I can't uh, see nice. your screen. What, what's going on here? Can you now? Oh, there we go. Yeah. All right. So A16 blockchain addresses verified. Uh, so so verified smart contracts have hit all-time highs according to A16 Capital. Um, as you said, meanwhile, the mobile wallet numbers and active developers declined in the last few months. So I'm going to break down why I do and do not care. Uh, and oh, then okay. across the tech more broadly, some of the most successful companies were founded at the bottom of cycles, he added. So I would agree with this. And I think that I think that in the next bull, we're going to see that a bunch of the things that were created and made uh, and have sort of proliferated during this bear cycle will outperform a lot of the things that were already existing. I think tomorrow we're going to talk about how do you analyze a V a V2, what I would call a V2 protocol versus a V1 protocol. The, the things that are that are new and shiny right now versus the things that had good runs in the last run. And I want to, and we're going to talk through that tomorrow because I know there's people sitting in positions that are old. And it, you know, what do you do with that? Like, how do you what do you make of it? So anyway, that's the thing for tomorrow. Um, so as crypto prices have cooled off a bit, other measures uh, you could use to indicate signs of compounding technology progress have not slowed, and that has been consistently the pattern. So great. So basically, we're seeing different types of innovation fill the space. Uh, so I don't think that's a huge shocker there. Uh, layer two rollups are paying so L2s, which obviously we I think we all know is is a bullish narrative going into next year, are paying roughly seven percent of all Ethereum fees, up from one point five percent a year ago. So as Polygon, you know, ZKEVM, uh, Optimism, Arbitrum, um, Starknet, you know, insert your layer two here grow. Uh, we're going to see that growth, and that is something that I think should be followed closely. Um, and that's something that, you know, as we talk about new tech and new narratives, that's one that that I think is going to do well next year, potentially. Um, the number of unique active addresses across all blockchains. This one was this one hit me hard. Number of unique active addresses across all blockchains hit an all time high of 15 million last month, more than double the addresses from March of 2021. So. Everything has been doom and gloom. We've talked nothing but negatives about the space. But we, yet we're seeing double the amount of active addresses. Like, what gives? What's the deal, bro? That that jumps out at me. I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, I mean, if it's across all things, it's. I think part of it is also we're seeing, you know, these the new alternatives coming up. So you're probably seeing a lot of people make double accounts across different things. Okay. But hey, I mean, it is kind of a bullish indicator, right? And I mean, it's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. I um uh, I hate to harp on the 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 mobile thing, but it, it is kind of like a big kind of playing into this, right? Like we we could see a lot more active addresses pick up as mobile clients can improve. And this report also brings up the point: it's like while things may not look too good on some of these charts, it's also like the developments that we're seeing are 
are kind of laying the groundwork for things to uptick some more. Like we're going to see some more light clients. So it's going to accelerate the adoption of, uh, you know, mobile web three front ends. Right. And yeah. Uh, yeah, man. So we do have some silver linings here. So though, though not highs, volume on decentralized exchanges rebounded to above 100 billion in March, marking the third consecutive month of positive growth. Guys, we talked about bear market into recession into lagging indicators of what happens next. And, and, you know, and I said it, I think three times already, uh, the stock market will often recover before the recession is over. And so if we talk about, um, you know, decentralized exchanges rebounding to hundred billion in March for the third consecutive month of positive growth, uh, that plays into that narrative. That is a positive thing. Um, and so, uh, in, in a sea of shit, uh, let's try to find some of the positives. And I think that this is certainly one of them uh, as it relates to crypto. And then on stain, uh, on stain, on chain stablecoin transaction volume rose to 750 billion after falling below that threshold for three prior months. So stablecoin transaction volume uh, is rising after falling for three consecutive months. I think that Binance FUD probably had a lot to do with that. The USDC DPEG had a lot to do with that. Uh, the unraveling of Paxos and BUSD obviously had a massive, lot, uh, a massive amount to do with that. So all of those things to me are net positives for crypto. Um, say what you will. Bitcoin's at 30K. There's a lot of good things going on. Um, and, and, you know, the Fed is going to be the Fed. But, you know, this is there's some interesting stuff going on. Uh, and so here's one that I took as a uh, I don't really care. Uh, the monthly number of active developers defined by A16Z as uh, GitHub, GitHub users who, who uh, commented or forked a public crypto repository has fallen below 30,000. The number stood above 30,000 for 15 straight months until the end of 2022. So why don't I care? Why do you think, Corwell? Just a guess. Uh, you hate developers. You don't think they're useful. You don't think they're important. Get out of here, bro. That's that's uh, that that's is why like you don't care. No, yeah. I mean, why why don't you care? I think it's a pretty uh, important metric for sustained development of the tech. Uh, not fading into the universe here. So, I don't know the amount of hacks. Like, if we if you go back to like when we did Phantom Unchained, um, and and we're talking back way back, uh, every single episode was about a hack. There was at least one conversation about a hack. Um, I don't know how many great. Uh, Solidity, Rust, and you know, insert your programming language here. Developers there are in the world, but I don't know if it's thirty thousand. Uh, and so, we were getting inbound leads from a new protocol every single day with some type of Ponzi nomics that wanted to roll out X, Y, and Z on whatever chain, uh, asking us to do AMAs, asking us to you know to plug their whatever they were building. Um, and th dude, the market was completely oversaturated. And it was probably oversaturated with people who are not qualified to be doing what they're doing. We need risk mitigation and we need we need damage control in this space. We need to do ourselves some, some favors. Uh, builders need to slow down and make sure the things that they're rolling out are ready to roll out before they roll them out. And so if you're telling me that we've got 25,000 qualified developers as opposed to 30,000, 5,000, which shouldn't be in the space, I'm okay with that. And I have no hate for devs. I love devs. Like, <laughs> no, not, yeah. Not I mean, it's a, it's a good point. Like, and um, Adam Callen brings up a good point. Fairweather devs leaving for AI. There's also definitely an element of that too. People just chasing the next trend. 
Um, you know, you see GPT getting all kinds of news. So you just figure I'll just hop over on that, get a quick $10 million valuation for throwing GPT in my, my company name. Um, yeah, I'm with you. The, this, the, the area must've been saturated for a while, for sure. It was like a different Ponzi every week. I can tell you for a fact it was dude, like the amount of inbounds we were getting from, from people building, like. And I, I I had a couple calls where I like they walked me through the entire thing and then we got to the end. I was like, listen, this doesn't make any sense. The tokenomics <laughs> don't add up. Like nothing that you're trying to do. It's like APR on APR built on like Wonderland time, to, like tokenomics, like like it, this this it's this is asinine. So please don't build it. Um, and so, you know, so I, I'm not shocked to see that developer number fall. And frankly, like as developers, I feel like we would do ourselves a service to slow down the building and make sure that what we're building is really, really sound. And so um, that is kind of a, yeah, a node season for Christ's sake. Uh, <laughs> I, man, I didn't want, I didn't want to go down that road. The, the, the amount, like I got into one of the node projects and like, like complete wash right off tax right off. Just like, I, like I stopped even trying to like pay the monthly fees cause it was such a joke. Um, but Brilliant. anywho, uh we'll circle back to the mobile thing one more time so i dismissed it i read it i said eh, i don't really care that seems like not that big of a deal the mobile number of wallets and active developers has declined so mo a number of mobile wallets so you you brought up a great point that i hadn't thought about so um i don't have the stats on it but like why do you think that's so important one more time well i mean you've got most people in what like asia and and africa using uh mobile for their payments i mean you're starting to see it more in america too like apple pay i went to walmart the other day i forgot my card and i was panicking and i could pay for my mobile it changed the game so having to go home so mobile like integration is extremely important especially if you're expecting to use any of your cryptos for payment right like what are you gonna go home and say like i'll, I'll send you something once i get on my metamask at home uh um, right so yeah, I mean it's a huge market and it's a huge like way to onboard people into the space. It's extremely important having mobile access. Um, yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. And and actually, like as I thought about as I as you talk through it, and I think about it more. Like it's actually the advancement of 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 digital assets as as both a currency and a convenience. Um, yeah, be it payments, be it people that are unbanked, be it you know all kinds of different things. So very very valid point, Corval. Uh, thank you for keeping me honest there. And uh, <laughs> time, bro. And, and yeah, that's a, that's a really great point. So um, all right, let's. Uh, I think that that is a you know so interesting a16z report i can't say that they're not you know like there's a lot of there's probably a lot of holes you could poke in this and, and i'd like to see metrics within the metrics because to say a16z isn't a uh, biased is uh is probably unfair because yeah. they have a massive massive stake in this game but uh on a positive note uh, i like the things that i'm seeing in there like you know the the stats we went through are positive for crypto and if we are uh on the back of something that could be uh, turning bullish, then this is you know these a lot of these things are 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 giving us little breadcrumbs, and we're just trying yeah. to follow the breadcrumbs uh, and see where it shakes out. So, I would um, recommend that anyone in chat that's even at all interested just go check it out a sixteen z crypto dot com and then just state of the state of crypto, and you can uh, 
check you can dive into their uh their analysis yourself like the numbers themselves like how they're pulling this how they're weighting everything you can even customize how much you weight each variable so it's just a fun way to play with data it's a little more simple than say like you know dune or whatever you don't have to do any sql queries yep so uh you want to hop into uh tether and the blacklisting of validator addresses yeah man let's do it it seems like seems like a big deal to me Mm -hmm. uh so tether blacklist validator address that drained mevbots for 25 million um the co-founder of polygon and, and many others in the space uh of decentralization proponents have said that this move sets a very bad precedent i would go further to say it sets a very dangerous precedent uh, and there's numerous reasons as to why um do you want to give background or do you want me to 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 run through yeah do you have a different tab you wanted to share or nope oh, okay cool so yeah, I mean, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, the this address exploited a bug, a bug, a bug in the MEV boost relay to outsmart MEV bots trying to execute a sandwich trade. So it essentially uh, just backran like a transaction and stole the value that the MEV MEV bot was trying to take. <laughs> um, so there's like a lot of issues here though in terms of blacklisting. So people have brought up some good points. It's like MEV bots do this all the time, and it was just like a guy doing it to an MEV bot. So why is this? worth black black listing them for this yeah uh, it's kind of arbitrary so like really simply so you know uh minor extracted value maximum extracted value however you'd like to say it you know um you know transactions get submitted and go into the mempool and then these mev bots can either you know front run or back run transactions and sandwich attack you so the address in question exploited a bug in the mev boost relay to outsmart the mev bots trying to execute a sandwich trade uh, sandwiching occurs when one order is placed immediately before the trade and another immediately after. In essence, the trader will front run and back run at the same time, sandwiching the original pending transaction in between. Um, and so, you know, effectively drive up the price of, of, of your transaction that's in execution. So in this case, the rogue validator swooped in and back run the, the MEV bot, leading to a loss of 25 million in various digital assets, making it exploit to date. Uh, and Etherscan had flagged the address, um, and basically Tether went on to then blacklist this uh, this validator address. Um, and so, um, you know, the, the blacklisting of a rogue validator address uh, attracted some pushback from the community. Uh, Arthur, an engineer at Kraken Crypto Exchange, uh, called this blacklisting bullshit, saying that Mevbots also take advantage of traders and sandwich trade. Uh, they were trying to uh they were trying to execute was as nefarious as draining of the of their funds and so medbots take advantage of mfers all the time uh and it's all good but someone does it to them and they get blacklisted um and so you know what like what's your feeling on this yeah i mean my initial feeling is that you know it's not good uh especially since it was just like doing what mev bots do already but yeah it, it just seems like arbitrary i don't know it's 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 strange dude because like you don't want to feel like you know you could lose 25 million in various digital assets but was it just a bot that was screwed out of this then it makes I mean, me feel better i mean like 
how can like how, how can you have the double standard right so yeah. so like med bots are allowed to do sandwich attacks but then when a validator does it to uh you know a med bot that like now it's malicious mm -hmm. and 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 that is that's the problem uh it's so um so giant um from polygon one of the co-founders tether's action sets a bad precedent uh, while Fastlane Labs co-founder called it the most concerning development of DeFi in 2023, uh, adding that the main issue is Tether's willingness to block or unlock large amounts based on activity in the consensus layer of the beacon chain. Uh, Zach XBT, um, you know, while wow, the person who drained the medbot got blacklisted with three million USDT, you know, like this is this is a major double standard. Like this, like this, like this action or not. It goes back to a conversation we have all the time about centralized stable coins and, and OFAC compliance and the, and the fact that your stable coin uh, holdings across any chain, whether it's Ethereum or Phantom or you know, Avalanche or whatever, it is an ERC-20 token. And if they are OFAC compliant, they can turn you off. And like that is the reason that decentralized stable coins become so much more appealing in terms of contracts uh, as opposed to Tether or USDC. And it does set it does set a scary precedent because like if this is if this is a reason for them to 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 blacklist a validator address, what other reasons may they have? Um, yeah, I mean, so Gray White brings up a point here. If I'm not mistaken, the validator had to get slashed for this because it broke ETH consensus rules. All so right. I mean, if it's yeah. Well, but it made more from flash from the MEV bot and flash bots than it made from getting slashed. So yeah, I mean, it is kind of like a weird meta here, right? That this is like the game now. Like you just wash millions of dollars to just claim profit. Um just using these like flash bots. It's it feels like a little like not wholesome, dude. <laughs> well, if 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 the if the validator had to had done something nefarious and had to get slashed as a result then then and that changes the that then that changes the argument of the conversation which is also not mentioned in the article and so mm -hmm. that's something that i think that's a key detail that is left out and uh psychopath we actually may have bebus on the show tomorrow we could we could bring this up uh and and get a uh an abstract logic explanation as you so reference here um so so yeah so let's see what happens the interesting thing you know another interesting piece 27 Ethereum-based projects have joined hands to launch a, a MEV, uh, MEV blocker. Uh, the MEV blocker aims to minimize the amount of extracted value from traders. And so uh, potentially something to watch. Um, and so, you know, I'm not sure how, um, you know, how things like arbitrage and other events would, would, would happen, you know, but that's something I think like is, is worth, is worth noting, worth watching. So um, to me, the bigger thing is like, the ability for Tether or USDC to blacklist you, um, regardless of the scenario, is, is probably the more frightening piece uh, in terms of, of sort of their role within the ecosystem. Yeah, it kind of um, reminds me of some of the uh, often overlooked uh, dangers of blockchain tech just in general, right? Is that uh, it is like way easier to target and isolate and uh, block out people. You know, it's not as uncensored. I mean, it's uncensorable and that the data is always there to see, but that doesn't mean that you can't be uh, targeted more specifically. Um, right. It is a worrying precedent, you know, uh, but it might just be a necessary evolution of the space, unfortunately. Yeah. 
so we were going to talk about chat gpt and uh and crypto trading do we do we want to talk about that now we're here at the end of the show um or do we want to save it for tomorrow i feel like it would be unfortunate because the title says chat gpt but do you, do you want me to kind of show yeah what, do, uh, let's do a quick little tease bro we can get more right. into it tomorrow all right we got let's say let's say we have a hard exit at and then at an hour of the show so you got and i'm eating it up four minutes 20 seconds I don't know if I can do it that quick, but we'll certainly just do try. It, just do it, dude. Just go. Um, so basically, uh, started digging into like what can you do with ChatGPT uh, as it pertains to to crypto trading, um, and you know, particularly with like writing code, PineScript code to like use in uh, TradingView. And so uh, I'm gonna I'm basically going to write up something that I had written prior. Uh, write PineScript code version four. Uh, that paints on the chart and EMA 55 and plots triangles when the price closes above uh, the EMA for the first time and then paints sell triangles uh, when the price closes below the ema for for the first time make the ema line width four and color blue my god clay you got a future as a prompt engineer Uh, all right, so this thing is basically uh, so it's gonna it's gonna write us uh, an example of a, a PineScript uh, code that we can utilize. Let's see how long it takes to get done. Um, and so, are we done? It looks like it. All right, so let's copy this code. Let's take it over to. Uh, so this is a Bitcoin chart, as you can see, thirty thousand one six seven down here at Pine Editor. Uh, we're gonna copy paste this in here. Uh, and we are going to publish script. Uh, active chart does not contain the site you're going to publish. Okay. Uh, add to chart. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. GPT acting up. That's uh, like Wally's saying, it's not quite the Oracle of Delphi. Let's try That's it. just because it can't get high. Let's try one more time. I swear that it works. If it worked the first time and doesn't work the second time, what does that mean for the AI or the language model, the database reader? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's AI art of 2D chicks that can get hot. This chat is making me giggle right here, dude. I like this one. Clay hates devs so much he's helping replace them with AI. <laughs> all right, all right. We get it with the music. Well, this is a taste of what we got coming for you tomorrow. Try one I've seen time. it work, guys. Huh. This is like when you uh, go to demo a product with a company and and, uh, and it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Give it one more shot. Keep this in mind when you try to invest in, in AI tokens. <laughs> Boom. Come at me. Wow, look at all those triangles. So let's zoom out a bit and make this bigger. Uh, okay. So basically, uh, let's change this uh, to bars instead of candles. Um, so effectively, uh, what we were able to do here is, uh, let me just close out of that. So, you know, basically what we're able to do is, um, is build a pretty simplistic indicator that when the price goes above and closes, uh, or the price goes below and closes, uh, we have a buyer sell indicator based on the 55, uh, uh, EMA exponential moving average. And so likely better for buy signals than sell signals. But as you can see down here, if you had gotten this buy signal below the 55 EMA and you had bought you would have caught quite a nice run. Uh, sell signals come a bit too late. Um, and so, well, actually, let me, first of all, I have the 200-day on here, and I need to get rid of that uh, and that, and that cleans it up. So um, as you can see, uh, we've got, you know, potential entry opportunities. Uh, and um, and so, yeah, so it, it's just, it's basically, it's an interesting way to, to use chat GPT uh, to build indicators on your own, um, which you know, I'm, I'm basically I'm going to be fascinated on how this how this transpires over. Like, how are traders using this in a more advanced way than what I just did on a really basic indicator? Uh, you know, to 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 actually like help them with with trade, you know, building trading bots with uh, with all that sort of stuff. I think it's pretty cool, dude. I think it's pretty tight, man. So you tapped a lot of gobbledygook into chat GPT and you got some code out and now we got some trading signals. Now we need to hook it up to a bot. Yeah. So, I mean, like, but like, isn't that fairly like, don't you find that to be like kind of fascinating? Like there's, you know, that you can just do this like literally in real time. Like mm -hmm. it, it basically makes me wonder like, what are, you know, what, what are really, really legitimate, uh, you know, quantitative traders going to do with, with this information, right? Um, and so, you know, I, I think that it probably remains to be seen how far this can be taken. Mm -hmm. But just wanted to give like a, a real life example of, 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 you know, of how this could be used. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I think it's I epic, dude. I think it's fantastic, man. I think uh, what we'll see is just this will probably just make their workflows faster, really high level traders, because they can write these scripts already. But now, they can throw them together way faster. Right. Yep. And so, and, but you know, and for those people that, that can't, you know, this is a potential way that if you knew what you were trying to analyze and, and you didn't mm -hmm. want to buy a service that, that gives you the indicators on demand, uh, you could go in and, and potentially do it yourself with chat GPT, uh, you know, as a resource for, for doing it. And so to me, I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, and I was just playing around and, you know, it was just something I wanted to try to show the community and I would love to get somebody on here, like maybe like Tally, who, you know, can, can, is, you know, is certainly a better, uh, technical trader than myself. Mm -hmm. See if he could write something like really advanced, um, that we could plug in and, and have like, you know, a bot run against, 
you know, in, in, a, in a larger capacity. Yeah, that'd be fun, dude. I think he's available next week. I'm gonna try to get him on the show next week. We can see uh, what kind of stuff he can throw together. He's always doing these crazy indicators and shit, bro. Yeah, he's doing mathematics way beyond my comprehension. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be, I think it'd be really cool to do. Uh, so, anyway, that's that's what I got. Uh, I just wanted to uh, wanted to show you know the group, and uh, yeah, so I think we're good to close it out for today. Uh, and yeah, I think, uh, you know, if there's anything you guys would like to, to hear about tomorrow, hit us in the comments, hit us in the chat, hit us on Twitter. Um, and you know, as always, thank you to, you know, our wonderful community and thanks for tuning in. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a, it seems like there's brighter days ahead and let's hope that to be the case. And, and if not, then we'll respond to, uh, to what is going on in the markets. And again, stuff that you want to hear about, hit us up uh you know anything else Corval? closing thoughts no i just uh want to thank everyone for coming in like you're saying and uh yeah i'd be interested to see more more of these uh gpt prompts and seeing what people come up with uh we should start a block bites discord channel where we just throw in these scripts we've made be cool Ooh, yeah, that's an interesting rumor that justin sun got arrested that definitely would be uh, very cool. So, yeah. uh, um, all right. Well, from uh, from all of us at Block Whites, thank you for uh, for tuning in to the Daily Show today. Looking forward to tomorrow, same time, same place, noon Eastern. Uh, we got a whole other you know boatload of things to talk about. I think we already got some good stuff planned for tomorrow. So, uh, we'll, you know, we'll uh, we'll catch you then, and uh, have a great. Uh, I keep forgetting what day it is. Have a great Tuesday, and uh, see, see you tomorrow. Y'all have a great day. And he's gone.